Welcome to New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information regarding New Hope, visit newhopecom.org. Um, so we actually have a pretty, uh, pretty special morning. For those of you who know, we've been kind of getting the word out. Um, if you are relatively new here, um, you might not know who this is today, but everyone else probably does. Uh, Chris Dupre is here speaking. Yay, Chris is in town. Chris and Laura. There's Laura. I was looking for Laura. Chris and Laura. We, we actually, this got way upgraded this year. It's like, this is so good. And uh, Vinny, Chris is going to introduce in a minute. But, um, but I would just say, you know, open up your hearts this morning. This will be easy to receive from. Um, but Chris is a father, really, in the body of Christ. Um, he was a, uh, he actually has his roots here in Rochester. He was a pastor here at one point, uh, back in the early 90s, an associate pastor. He was a teacher in our day school. Uh, yeah, I, I'm some of the fruit of that. So if you like how I turned out, you might like Chris or might hold him responsible. I don't know. Um, but uh, so, and then after that, Chris went to Kansas City, actually helped start the International House of Prayer with Mike Bickle. Uh, and now, yeah, yeah. And now he is, him and Laura are in Harrisburg, PA, making their way closer back to us on the East Coast. You know, so I don't know what the Lord could be doing here. But uh, anyways, so give a nice warm welcome to Chris Dupre. Actually, I, I forgot one more thing. I just wanted to actually point out uh, many of you, uh, some of you know, but Mark Dupre and Diane Dupre, uh, can you guys just stand up? I just want to honor you guys. Yay. Mark is Chris's older brother and also associate pastor at Christ Community Church. So friends of the house here, and uh, it's good to have you guys here too. Thank you, Stephen. Gym class today, Steve, I want you to wear the uh, appropriate attire again. It's so dark out there. Can, can, is it okay if we kind of pull some lights up a little bit so I can see? And one of my all-time, all-purpose musicians on the planet is Tom Mark is here today. Gotta love Tom Mark. Tom and Shirley are here with Daniel. This is so great. I felt giddy when I saw him. Was, <laughs> he's still older than I am. I love it. <laughs> so is my brother Mark. He'll always be older. <clears throat> but he is, you ever have those people that you, you want them to, um, to either agree, like, uh, stand with you, if you have a thought or an idea, whatever, you, Mark is is been for me the person that I always want to know what he thinks about a subject, uh, not just any subject, but if it pertains to in my life, I want to hear his thought and his opinion, because he's a very wise man, and uh, so I've been helped greatly in the kingdom by having him at 15 months older than I am, and Paving, paving the way for me in, in many arenas and areas, and, and uh, he's still doing the stuff low these 44 years later. Gosh, 44 years. Yeah. Um, 
Dick, you probably know the, even the day and the hour, so. <laughs> it was, okay. I'm going to take my liberty because I, I want to, okay, is there always a clock? Where is the, where can I see what time it is? All right, when do I go to? 12. 12. 11. 11. <laughs> That's why you're not the pastor anymore. I got the mic, Ralph. What? <laughs> Last time I came, I brought a friend of mine. He's one of the pastors, John. He sends his love, by the way. He sent me a text this morning. Say hi to everybody. So hi, everyone, from John. Um, oh, sorry. If it was from John, it would be like, hi, everyone. It's from John. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but Vinny will tell him. So anyway, I, I brought a dear, dear friend. Um, you know when you land in a place, we just, a year and a half ago, we moved to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and it is, it is like the sunshine place on the planet. And um, no, the sun came out once. And, but but the, Lord, the Lord sent me Vinny. And uh, you know what it is when you find someone um, you're just so thankful for who they are, and and this is this is uh, Vinny Secor is is Vinny Vinny Secor. He sounds like he's he's, in, he's a Rafi, a mafia from Rochester guy. Um, Vinny is Indian, <laughs> um, and he is a wise wise man. He's got four daughters. He works full time. He's in the church. Half, half, half the time, uh, and he's just a, a wonderful man with a lot of wisdom. I wanted him, uh, before, before I came, I knew he was coming. I felt the Lord say, he's going to have a word. So Steve said, I said, I, mean, I want to give Vinny a few minutes. He goes, well, yeah, I know I don't know Vinny, but that's fine. If you, no, no, he's going to have a word. I just knew it. So I turned to Vinny one day, the other day, and I said, by the way, you're going to have a word. <laughs> so uh, he said yesterday, by the way, I've got a word for, North, <laughs> for New Hope. So... Would you greet my friend Vinny? Vinny is Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, so uh, Chris and Rod, our friend Rod Campbell and I, we golf together a lot. And uh, Chris has three daughters, Rod has three daughters, and I have four daughters. So I call us the gang of ten. And uh, so we're specialists in the kingdom of God. We, uh, and, but it's great because... Chris's kids are, are married, they've got, they've got, they have children, Rod's kids are all starting college, and then my, my girls are between the ages of 13 and 7. Yeah, Tevi's going to be 7 in September, and so, um, so yeah, if you don't mind, I want to, I want to share a couple things. So, is Will still in the house? Where's Will? Come on, come on up. Is your wife with you? Can you come forward, because it's a little hard for me to see you all the way back there. So, Awesome. Awesome. And I don't know if Chris mentioned it, but I grew up in Henrietta, New York. Yeah. And this is my first time being back in Henrietta as a believer. Because I was born in India, raised as a Hindu. Um, my dad actually built a really large India community center here in Rochester somewhere. And, uh, and so we were really active in the Indian community and the Hindu community, but I never f- 
I never had a relationship with the Lord until I, I went to Penn State and I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. and so, so I'm, I'm kind of excited because this is like, this is a new season. Okay, so, you know, we talked a little bit, you know, um, earlier this morning. And then during worship, I just got this picture for you, and it was a weeping willow tree, okay? And what, and what I felt like God was telling me that he's doing in your season right now is, is two things. One, he's br- your home, okay? He's brought you to a place that's home. But what's going on right now is like a tree, the, the, the key to a tree surviving and a tree growing and a tree flourishing is the root structure. And the roots have to go deep. And my dad, because I grew up, my dad was a farmer in India, and he, when we would plant trees, he would always tell me what you do is you make a one-foot circle around the base of the tree, and you water a lot right around the base of the tree so the water goes deep, and then the roots chase the water. And sometimes the best and the healthiest thing for a tree is dryness. Because when it's dry, the roots start looking for water. And if you've ever seen the roots of a weeping willow tree, you can look around and you can see a weeping willow tree and you know two things. You know it's massive, it's beautiful, but you also know somewhere there's water. And those roots can go far and deep. And that's what God's doing with the two of you. You're in this season of growth where he's taking the two of you deep. And you know that verse, like, deep calls unto deep? That's like your heart. He's, he's like, you're a well, and, and the well's getting deeper. And it's like a well of experience. It's a well of love. And, and you're in a safe place. You're in a, you're in a home. And so there's this verse in Jeremiah 29 that talks about building houses and planting gardens and planting vineyards. That's your season. You know, you're in that building, that planting type season. And, 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 this, and the other thing I really heard clearly is, is just to confirm the two, the move was the right move. It was of him. It's from him. It was totally the right thing. Amen. So, Father, I bless. Just pray with me. Father, I bless these two. I just, I bless their family. We just release all of your goodness. We release the kingdom of heaven into their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Where's Jim and his wife, Heidi, right? Is, is Jim, is your wife's name Heidi? All right. Can you stand up? So is this your first Sunday here? Okay. So um, I, I went for a run yesterday, and that was actually what I went for a run, and I got a word for New Hope, and then I got a word for Jim as well. So you, when you go, when sometimes when people are running, you're, you have what's called a facing win or an opposing win, okay? And you, you, for, the, for the last few years, you have been running through an opposing win, okay? But the amazing thing about when you run through an opposing win is that's where you get strong. That's where you build strength. And you don't, but you don't know it, you don't feel it, because you're saying to yourself, you know, I usually run much faster than this, but because the wind is against you, you can't run as fast. You, it's just, it's a struggle, you know, and, and so it's colder. Everything is just not the same, okay? But, but you've been running. Even though the, there's been an opposing wind, you've still been running, okay? And what I heard really clearly was this, is that the winds are shifting, and the winds are going to be at your back. And you're going to run faster, and you're going to run farther, and it's going to be easier because the wind of the Holy Spirit is going to be at your back. Okay, so that that season of like of like struggling and digging, it's really over. Okay, but but it's going to look different because you're not used to the wind being at your back. 
And there's going to be times where you feel like I'm not doing enough. It's what's going on. It's just, it's just the wind of the Lord. He's at your back. And then he gave me the verse. 1 Corinthians 9 says, run the race. You know, you know run the race that God has put before you. So, so that's kind of like your verse for this season is you're going to run, but you're going to run without it seeming like you're running. And, and, what's, and the way you're going to know that you're running is you're going to look up every once in a while and realize, oh, we've gone places, you know. So that's the, that's the season that you're in. You're in this new, like, propel-type season. That's, there's going to be an ease to it. There's going to be a grace to it. And it, you're going to be carried. And the only way I can describe it is you're going to be carried by the winds of love. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for these two, these two dynamic, amazing people. Lord, we thank you for everything you've formed and you've shaped in their heart. Lord, I thank you that Jim is a friend, your friend. He is a friend of God. Lord, I thank you for the amazing prophetic gift that's on Heidi, the amazing um, ability for her to, to see and know, but really just light fires. Lord, I just declare that she's a fire starter. And so we just release them. We love them. We declare your goodness over them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. All right. So this is the word that I have for New Hope. Okay. And uh, I actually wanted to, I wanted to pray for them first because it kind of goes in line that, with what I'm sensing. So th the first picture that God gave me for New Hope was a, a greenhouse. Okay. <laughs> is that you are a greenhouse. And yesterday I was actually at Jan and... And uh, da David at David's house, and he showed me the greenhouse. And so, um, you know, because you're a safe place, you're a place where people are going to come and feel safe, feel nurtured. And it's because it's because you, you're multi generational. Okay, you have you know you have Frank and Wani that are you know oh sorry Ralph and Wani and and uh, give me a mic and I'll forget everybody's names. And uh, and so you know you've got because I want to be more Ralphish. That's what I learned. You know, my, I'm going to go home and tell my wife, I want to be more Ralphish. And uh, so you've got Ralph and Wani that are, that are these stewards, and then you've got, you know, Steve and Joy that are these, these they're like this bridge to a generation that, of builders, right? And so, so what's happening is that, you know, there's reasons why people are coming in. It's because you're a safe place. You're a place for people to grow, to be nurtured, and, and everything that they need is here. Okay, so that's going to be, I, I just want to encourage you, so as a church, the, you're going to see a lot of new faces, you're going to see new, new things, and, and it's, not a, it's not the four of them, it's because, you, you know, like, in, if I'll just kind of use, it, this side of the room has something to offer to this side of the room and back, right. so it's, it's like this, okay, and it's everybody in the room pouring into everybody's lives, and it's multi-generational, and it's safe, it's a really safe place. And the second thing you are is you're an incubator. You're an, not the kind of incubator where you put an egg in and then, it, you know, it, something hatches. But you're an incubator like a, like a business transformation in incubator where you birth new ideas and you're an incubator of ministries. So don't be surprised if, it, like, in this room you're going to have all different ministries, you know. So you're going to be a congregation of ministers. And, and, and so th there's dreams that a lot of you have. There's passions that you have. There's a season that's coming that you're going to be released into that thing because this place is an incubator, you know. And then my last, my third picture. Okay, and the, the third thing is you're a prototype. 
Okay? And what I mean by that is you're a prototype for a new style of church and a new style of leadership. Okay? And the, thing, the, the challenging thing about prototypes, I have a software development background. Um, you have to just try stuff. And sometimes people hate it. So you're like, okay, well, let's just take that off the equation, right? And so you're a prototype. So there is, there is this trying that's going to be happening where you're going to try new things, and some will stick and some won't. But, but don't be surprised that you, if you start getting other pastors, you get other leaders starting to come to you and ask you questions. You're definitely a prototype for transition and succession planning, and, and I know there's things that are going to happen in that area. Um, but, but that's... That's the kind of the call, and that's the, that's what like I, you know that's what I'm seeing when I look at New Hope, is that is that there's all of that, okay. So for me, I, I you know I've been here, 24 hours, maybe 48, and I'm just really excited. I'm excited at what God's doing. It's multi generational. There's a lot of life here. I mean that worship, my gosh, that was awesome. You know, it, you know wherever the presence of God is, that's an amazing thing. So, so, the, so I think where I want to kind of wrap this up, Chris, is, you know, 2017 is a year of breakthrough. Yeah. All of the prophets in every nation are saying that this is a year of breakthrough. So here's what I want everybody to do. Close your eyes and think of an area that you're believing for breakthrough, okay? And just put your hand over your heart. And let's just go after that as a family. So, Father, thank you for this amazing place, for this amazing house. I thank you for every father, every mother, every son, every daughter. Lord, I thank you for mature sons and daughters. I thank you for just the entire flow of what you're doing. And, Lord, we thank you that this is a year of breakthrough. And so, Father, we as a family agree for every, every desire for breakthrough that's sitting before you right now. And we declare that 2017 is a year of breakthrough. And we, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that that breakthrough be released over every person, every heart, every child, every wayward child that, that you're praying to come home, every business that's struggling, that you're praying for cash to come in, for every lost soul in your family that you're praying for, that they would know you. Every need, Father, we just release your love and your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So we just want to close our time this morning. With, uh, Lord bless you and keep you and keep, no. <laughs> That's awesome. How do you not love Vinny? Love Vinny. Yeah, can we give Vinny a hey? One, two, three. Hey. <laughs> um, <clears throat> two scriptures that, uh, that that say the same thing. One is Revelation three seven three eight, and the other is Isaiah twenty two twenty two. It says, "The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder; he shall open and." No one shall shut, and he shall shut, and no one shall open. And in Revelation it says, And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, say, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens, and no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. 
<clears throat> I know your works, I see, have set before you an open door. And when I was praying about, um, when, when Steve had, had said, I don't know, a couple months ago, <clears throat> about coming this weekend, this word instantly came, and I, I has only spoken it and shared it, and, but I, I, I majorly tweaked it from the last time um, for here. But I was in Wasilla, Alaska. Um, Alaska. Um, almost 20 years ago. And I had a word I was going to share at, at uh, the uh, Assembly of God Church of Wasilla. And uh, the Lord said, don't share that. And uh, just, you know, when, when people, by the way, people get up here and say, the Lord said. It's kind of like, did, did he just out loud say it? And because it sounds like, you know, we have this conversation where I hear him as clearly as I do Frank. <coughs> and, um, <laughs> and <laughs> that may become your new name. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vinny. Uh, oh, it's true. And, and, and so it, it really was that I had this word, I didn't feel comfortable with it. And I kept hearing this little phrase in my head, um, which was the key of David. And I said, you know, do you want me to speak on the key of David? And I said, like, yes. I just knew I was supposed to. But I didn't know what that meant. It was a nice phrase. Key of David. It sounds like you know something. <laughs> and, you know, and, but I didn't know anything. So I, I just, <laughs> but I knew I was going to be speaking. So I went into this little coffee shop and just began to do some stuff and pray and be, get before the Lord. And the Lord just said, this is about government. This is about my government and my government to open things and close things. So I'll give you some things on that. So after a couple hours, I, I said, okay, I, I can do this. Went to the, to the, uh, to the church and shared that, <coughs> that week in an, uh, that service. And it turned out that the, the mayor of the town was there, um, which was very interesting. Because the mayor of the town of Wasilla, Alaska, became the governor of Wasilla, Alaska, who was Sarah Palin. So the Lord changed and told me to talk about government of God at the Assembly of God in Alaska with, with Sarah there. Uh, who I call her Sarah because we're, <laughs> we're like this. <laughs> I've never met her and I'm sure I never will. But it was, it was just very interesting. And so the Lord said, I want you to talk about the Key of David here in North Chile in New Hope. I was like, really? Um, so the future governor is in this room right now. Yeah. It's very cool. Any, what do you want to run for governor? So, um, as I was looking at this, one of the wonderful things he, he's saying to the faithful church of Philadelphia is, because you've kept my command to persevere, I will keep you. And I, I think, Vinny, your, your word to, to both of them, but uh, <coughs> especially to Jim and Heidi, um, you've, I just I want to echo that. Because you've kept my command to persevere, I will keep you. He who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of God. There's something about staying a while and letting God do something so that you become pillar-like. And that's important to him. It's important to him. Um, we, we live in a very crazy age where people dismiss people immediately if, if they don't agree. And, and we, we almost think that we have to agree on everything to be in unity, which is not, not true at all. Um, if, if that were the case, 
uh, my wife and I wouldn't be together. <laughs> just, you know, I don't know anyone that agrees fully with anybody else. It's just not. So I, I just began to, okay, I, I want to go into this. Lord, you have, a, you have something about a key that opens doors, and it's a key that closes doors. Um, and, and so help, help flesh your word out for me. And so this morning you're getting a newly fleshed out one, so I hope, I hope it, it makes sense as I go. Philadelphia's, uh, um, <clears throat> the Philadelphia that they're talking about in the New Testament, not the one that is two hours from, from me in Harrisburg. Um, but Philadelphia is a city 25 miles southwest of the Hermes Valley. It's named after its founder, uh, but it's actually named after the founder's brother, Philadelphus. And I want to thank my, my dear friend, Dr. Jonathan, for this bit of information, because I actually actually do read your books. So <laughs> that's where its name came from. The original meant one who loves his brother. We call it the city of brotherly love, but it, one's who, one who loves his brother, which to me has more imp- impact. Um, <clears throat> and it's, it sits on a fault line. That it was affected by two earthquakes in the first century, one in A.D. 17 and one in A.D. 69. And one of the names of it is the place of shaking, um, which is a good description for life right now. Around, thank you, Ralph. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Frank. So why, why, why the key of David? Why something that opens and why something that, that closes? And why does it have to be David? And why is... is is David the only one? And then later on in, in our New Testament, New, New Covenant, uh, Jesus holds these keys. And it's just David and, and, and Jesus himself. Because David just had this heart that was after God. And, and the, as I, I know I, I've shared this here before, but um, <clears throat> it's not the, the word after. When I first got saved, man, when, when we got saved, it was, it was we were going to run after God. And if we think back to our schedule, okay, Sunday, five services. Monday, prayer meeting. Yeah, well, we got to get to Tuesday. And, and then there was Wednesday night services. And Thursday was either choir practice or Morningstar, our music group. Friday was college age. Saturday was, are we alive? Um, and then, you know, there were, then there were other things. So we were running after God. And the big thing was, who was there first? You ever say, well, I was the first one in, and I was always the last to leave. And like the bad, badge of honor. It's, it's bizarre, this little prideful badge of honor that we want to be known as the first one there or the last one to leave. And so we were running after God. Um, <clears throat> and, and I know I shared this story here once before for those that didn't hear it. I was at a wedding a number of years ago. And actually it was uh, not, not a wedding, but I was here one time sitting back there when this part of the building wasn't here when it was, uh, the church was, was smaller size, and Bill Hammond was here. And uh, I was hiding because he was a prophet, and he, he was one of those prophets that just didn't say always good things. No. You know what I'm talking about? So, so I, was, I, I wasn't sitting towards the front. I was two-thirds of the way back in a little bit. And he just starts walking back, and I'm, I'm trying to get small, and trying to get small. And of course, he's just looking right at me, and I'm going, you know, I, Christian swearing, shoot. <coughs> <laughs> or dad gummit, whatever it was, and darn. And, and he, he just said, come here, come here, young man. <sighs> so I come out, and he puts his hand on me, he says, you're going to be a king. I said, yes. 
He goes, it's either going to be Saul or David, but it's up to you. I just went, oh. I said, I want to be like David. Please, please make me like David. <laughs> um, and so that, that has stayed in my heart ever since. So the heart of David, to me, it was important to understand because David was a man after God telling, telling Samuel, you're going to find him. He's a man after my own heart. And the word after I thought meant to run after. And so we really ran hard those first few years. And then I went to a wedding where this older lady was standing in front of me. And she went up and she's looking at all the people. And the, the, the groom was standing next to his father. And the father was the best man. And the, the other brothers were groomsmen. And she just looked at the, at the groom. She looked at the father. She goes, my, my, my. You sure you'd take after your daddy? By the way, this was in Nashville. <laughs> this wasn't in Rochester. My, 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 you take after your daddy. You take after you. You, oh, just take after your daddy. And then that, I, that praise that I remember we're going home, and I remember cheering to Laura, just thinking it was funny. You take after your dad. And then I got back home, and I felt the Lord say, yes, that's what it means. I said, what? And then it was a man after God's heart. It doesn't mean to run after. It means to take after. So David wasn't running after God. David was at peace because he knew God's heart. So therefore, God trusted David with keys because David had his heart, which is so different than trying to perform for God. You either live out of peace or you live out of trying to attain it. If you're trying to attain it, you'll never do it until you stop and realize that you have it. Most Christians are, I'm just being honest, it's totally off the side. Most, a lot of us pray for things we already have. And so we have to, we have to get out of the, the habit of what we don't have and begin to understand, you know, it, it, it bothers me the amount, of, I'm sorry, it bothers me the amount of time and energy that people place on the second coming and they forget to live out of the first. Are you against the second coming of Christ? No, I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand it. Is it a slow coming? Is it a fast one in the clouds? You, when you perfectly understand it, you explain it to me, okay? And then I'll be polite and I'll laugh later. Um, I, no, seriously, I won't. I won't. But I don't, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know a human being that does. Every generation understands, the next generation tells them why they don't. <laughs> so I'm just going to get off that particular road, and I wanna, I'm going to say, until there's a second coming, I want to fully live out of the first, which is a covenant of grace. Okay. All right. Wow, that just ate up more than time I thought it would. All right. So, um, he who is the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, he who shuts and no one's open. Only two, two people have this. Now, why David? Um, <coughs> it's a reference to Jesus receiving. The key of David is a reference to Jesus receiving the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Why did he receive keys to death, hell, and the grave? And here, if you get this one, you can go home. <coughs> you re he received them because he overcame them. Okay, the, the keys that you receive are the areas that you've overcome. We have the authority to open and close doors related to those things we have persevered and overcome. 
there were, therefore were made pillars in that area then. That's why people that have gone through, through uh, drug addiction, rehab, they come out the other side, they have a key that nobody else has because it's related to that which they've overcome. And so when you're pushing and pressing against something, you can despise the thing that you've have, you're having to overcome, but there's a key waiting for you if you will persevere. Um, and in, in uh, Revelation, another door that we have, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, which reminds me of a joke. <coughs> Sorry, it just, it did. I know. <laughs> so this new pastor is going around to all the per- parishioners that are in his, in his church, and he gets to one door, and he knows that this, this young woman's there, and he knocks on the door, and no one comes. He rings the doorbell, and no one comes. He opens the screen and knocks on the other door, and no one comes. And he leaves a little note, and it says... Pastor Jim was here, and it says, uh, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. <clears throat> and that Sunday, he's, he's going through the, the tithe bucket, and he's looking, and there's a little note in there, and there's a, a little note that from Genesis that says, Behold, I was in the garden naked and afraid. <clears throat> so, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. My wife is going, why did you do that? (laughs) And the answer is because it was there. Steve's now going, "Uh uh-oh. So using David, no. Okay. It didn't start out with the key of Saul. It wasn't the key of Abraham. It wasn't wasn't the key of Moses. It wasn't the key of Noah. It's the key of David. So I just asked the Lord, why David? And so I want to highlight just five things. Why, Why did David... Why was he named? Now, Dr. Jonathan Welton will probably come up and have the real answers to these <laughs> later on, but this is what I've got. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Okay. What, what did David have? In, so, so let's go back. What does a door do? It keeps you from something, or it's the way to get somewhere. Both ways, when you need it to do what, it, what you want it to do, Listen, when, the, when a bear is running at you and you're running to the house and the door is wide open, your thought is, oh good, the door is open, I'll leave it open. No, it's open for me, it's closed for him. Okay? So, so a, the, a door is, is so important. Um, you know, it's, it's like that far side where the school for the gifted, and it, it says pull, and the guy is pushing against the door. You know, it's, you, you got to use it the right way. <clears throat> so, so what was it in David that the word of God called it the key of David? That was the thing for me. So why, why, what was it about David that opens or closes doors? So I, had, I just have five things. Now, Understand, this doesn't mean that it opens and closes the door for the presence of God for you because you already have it. Okay? So when, when we ask God for more, he said, well, I've completely filled you. <laughs> you know, so basically it's, it's, it's revelation of what we have more than it is getting something we don't have. Is that okay? All right, thank you. All right, so here's five areas for me that... Open the awareness and the revelation of God for me to open a greater aspect of moving and walking in his presence. Number one, Psalm 27, 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that which I seek. These are all going to be related to David. 
and it says, to dwell in the house of, of, of the Lord all the days of my life. But this one, to me, is this the line, to behold the beauty of God, Amen. to behold the beauty of the Lord. And so beholding beauty is a lifestyle. Um, in, in our present age, you got to fight for it because there's so much ugliness. Um, I, you know, a lot of, lot of believers watch a certain news show and program. And I'm not against any of it. I watch a particular one more than I do the other ones. But it doesn't matter what it is, it's, it's ugly. And, and if we set before our eyes on a, a constant degree of ugliness, our heart turns ugly. What you view, what you, what you see, what you expose your eyes to, um, it, it radiates to your heart. And I just want to say, David, David was a wise man. And he brought, he brought the kingdom to his life and to his home and to his life when he saw the things that were beautiful, when he gazed on the beauty of God, when he made that his focal point. And it, it shifted everything because up, up till then, um, worship was really about sacrificing animals and killing animals. I mean, you, you, you know, so Jen, you're the worship leader uh, back a couple centuries before David, and, and you, you, you come home and you got the beautiful daughter. How was worship today, Mom? And you're covered in blood. And it's like, it was a good day. <laughs> worship was great today. You know, that's, that's how you knew what worship was, because, wow, look at me. Man, way to go, Chris. You're covered in blood. You need new clothes. Yay. Worship was good. But David, he brings Davidic worship. He brings, he brings, in, he creates and made all sorts of instruments so that, so that worship then, we didn't have to bypass or go through something else to connect to God because David had and understood God's heart. God's initial intent was to walk in a garden with people. David understood the initial intent in the heart of God and he created music in a new and new expression so that we could go heart to heart. Yeah. And that we, we could sing the things in singing which awakens the soul. He, could, he created ways for the soul to be awakened, for human beings to connect one-on-one -on -one with God. And it, it's a, an experience so different than Levitical worship. And so, number one is behold beauty as a lifestyle. And all I would say is, is, is this. If there are things in your life um, that, that just create a scarring of ugliness, and maybe you might not even know it because you could be scarred from looking at something and, and viewing something, or just, uh, just uh, conversations and things that go down another way. Just ask the Lord, ask the Lord where you need to retain and restore beauty in your life. It is, I, I just, it is so important to do that. That's why I have on my phone. <laughs> a text from Jonathan Welton. <laughs> I was going to pop up this picture, and it was this text from you. Okay, so I have that picture on my phone. Okay? So that's, that's my hot wife. And so people say, are you married? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. And their first question is, how old is she? <laughs> Meaning, she's a whole lot younger than you are. And I said, she's 60. And they go, what? I said, oh, yeah, she's 60. No. Oh, yeah, there's only two years between us. No. 
That's the one that gets the, no. Um, why, do I, why do I have that? Because uh, whenever I turn, my, I, I want to be reminded of beauty. I put my grandkids' faces there. Now my wife's there. I want, I want to be surrounded by beauty as much as I can. Now, the world is ugly. So I'm not going to walk around, you know, with my eyes like this, but I want to walk around with my spirit eyes like that. And I want, I want them to be able to focus on the beauty of what's around me. And I want, to, I want to begin to see people that I used to see ugliness. I want to see their beautiful nature. And I, want to, I don't want to see them after the flesh. I want to see them after him. That is a huge aspect of seeing beauty. And, and all too often we see people by their faults or by how we saw them 15, 20, 30 years ago. And God has been transforming them and transforming their lives all these years. How dare we, we ignore the transformation of God? Um, because it's easy for, easier for us to relate to them how we saw them. So I have to come up in speed to where God's at. Okay, number two. I think I can do this. Number two, be unified in him, not in social or political positions. <sighs> there we go. Um, by the way, was that the most peaceful um, presidential election that you've ever been in? Yeah. I mean, it, I am so thrilled it brought us together as a nation like never before. Okay, that's not what unifies us, okay? Now, okay, David's greatest moments were when he was focused on loving God and people. It's when he ventured into politics where he got into trouble. I think I'll number the people. Huh, no, actually, he didn't think it. He heard the thoughts of a devil who said, number the people. Why? Arrogance, pride, position, placement. And, and, it said, and the devil moved on him. Wow, golly. Um, <clears throat> so it, it, David's, David's greatest moments were when he loved people, when he loved God. Jesus held the same keys. Jesus said, I want to take everything and put it down to two things. Love God, love your neighbor. Wow, he really simplified it. Yeah, that's, that's the whole idea. It, it's supposed to be simple. We've taken it and made 600 and something commandments. They did it, and you know, but Christians, we have almost as many. But it's, it's really very simple. Our, our unity is not based on politics. Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell, dwell together in unity. And, and I want to I encourage you. Um, part of in, in being in prayer for, th for this message, for this day. Um, I, no, I'm going to wait. I'll hold on. Remind me, Steve. <clears throat> Unity is more than agreeing. You can, you can have absolute disagreement on something uh, about a, a, a situation and still be unified. Having every right to be settled in order to achieve unity is, let me just, it's just foolish. Um, it's, it's not biblical. Unity is a heart decision that you make, that you decide in that moment that you're going to prefer one over the other. Um, and just, be, I'm in unity with you because of him. That, that creates my unity. So I, I just, I want to say this. Vinny's word about a greenhouse and, and, and growing together. Um, <clears throat> there are things that God, and I don't know what they are, I have some thoughts. And it will take unity 
a unity that is not based on agreement, but is based on the choice of unifying. To create a, a, a people that will be able to do what God's called you to do next. Is that okay to say? Okay, then, then, then don't, don't stop trying to be unified positionally if you can work that out relationally. That's great. If you can't, then it is so unimportant. I have flushed, literally flushed things in, in my life between people. I don't have to go there to be unified and to be in love with them and to care for them and to serve them. I just, I just don't. So uh, I just I want to encourage you, for what God's called you to do, it's going to take, it's going to take a unified people but it's not a people that has to agree with everything. You just make the choice to be unified. All right, number three, First Chronicles 25. Uh, it just talks about David and the captains. He separated some that should prophesy with hearts, harps, stringed instruments, and cymbals. He goes on, he says, and they prophesied with a harp to give thanks and praise to the Lord. Um, David loved the prophetic. He just, he absolutely, he, David, David's key, one of his keys, I think, was warfare through worship. He understood the power of worship and, and he loved the prophetic. So I want to encourage you, don't ever despise the prophetic. Um, you know, I, I have prophesied to people and it never came to pass. Am I a false prophet? Should I be stoned? Um, no. <laughs> I shouldn't, because they're not dead yet, so it could come to pass. Uh, but <laughs> we're all in this journey, because when we see him, we'll be like him. We'll, we know in part, we prophesy in part. Um, but be a people that loves the, the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Holy Spirit in the river of God. Uh, it, is, it is so important. <clears throat> um, David in, in 2 Samuel, he twirled and danced, same thing at the end of First uh, Chronicles 15, to the point where, where Michael, uh, his wife, Saul's daughter, hated, she despised him in her heart. And that, that, set a, that set a barrenness within her, and she never conceived. But it, and not, not that, you know, be afraid of judging people, etc. I'm just saying, love the prophetic. Love the liberty of the Spirit. One of the hallmarks, I believe, in this place, in the days ahead, and that God's going to be bringing more people in, there's going to be a release of the liberty of the Spirit here that's going to be, it's, it's going to be so refreshing, and yet it's going to be so well stewarded. Okay? There's a, there's a difference between having liberty and, and, and shutting it down out of fear uh, or having liberty and let it go and it's just, it's not pastored and shepherded and, and it, it, it just, well, liberty, liberty. It, but there's going to be a divine balance, I feel, in the days ahead. But I, I'm, I'm speaking not to the balance part. I'm speaking to, to grab a hold of liberty and love it. Don't despise the liberty of God and don't despise liberty in other people. Because I'll just be honest with you. When, you. when you see Frank up here, is Ralph even in the room right now? No. Ralph's not even in the room. This is great. Okay. <laughs> so, so when Ralph's up here and he's doing this. Yes! Yes! And you're just going, huh. You know what's going on in most of your hearts? I want to be free enough to do that. That's what most people are really feeling. And when some little kid is dancing along, they're like, oh, that's so cute. I wish I would dance again. And I just want to say, it, I, I, I appreciate the worship that God's done in the last 20 years. I think it's just, it's just been amazing. 
But one thing I miss is an entire church dancing. I miss the liberty of dance in, in the congregation. And though the worship songs are going to the nations, and so, you know, people, they're listening to this and that, and it's, it's wonderful. I lead those songs, but I, I want to always make sure that I put in songs that have a liberty to, to dance. I want to I have the expression of liberty. So in the days ahead, embrace the liberty of God. It's for you. And when you see something, and when you see Frank up here just worshiping away, just if your heart goes, I want to do that, then do it. Okay, David, David is inviting an open door to you to release liberty to you. Number four. Hurry up, Chris. Um, number four is it has government. Gover- have government in place. Home government, self-government, church government. Every area where your feet trods is where you have influence to establish the government of God. Okay? You don't, this is not where the government of God is established. This is where things of God are taught and encouraged and we gather together in worship. But when you go out with the presence of God, you have the ability to then to establish the government of God where you go. Okay? This is not the seat of government. You know, Steve is actually, you're, you're, what's your role here in town? You're on a, you're, 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 okay, you're, you're a consultant. Um, <coughs> um, Mark is on what? Town board, okay? He's establishing government there. I, I, I want to encourage you. It, 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 when we, this church kind of started, this was the most holy place. It ain't, okay? Where you walk is where his presence is, and he's wanting you to establish his government where you are. And so we, we hold on to it. It's almost like we keep him captive um, and thinking that it's going to be released here when he's going, no, let me out. <laughs> I, I want to establish myself in this place and where you are. Um, Philadelphia was on a fault line. This is really interesting. Again, thank you, Jenna. Um, when building a, t- a temple or any other important building, they would dig the foundation. Listen, listen what they did. This is, you know, 2,000 years ago. They would lay down a large layer of charcoal. On top of the charcoal, they'd put wool fleeces. Finally, they put the f- foundation stones. The combination of the charcoal and the wood gave the foundation flexibility during the earthquakes that they knew would come. So flexibility and strength needed to be in the foundation of what they did. Okay? Why do you think Jesus said, when you worship me, worship me in spirit and in truth? There are the two, you know, think of a flag with a flagpole. Think of a flag without a flagpole. It goes nowhere. It actually, it goes everywhere. It depends on what you, you're, you, you don't know what nation that is. You don't know what the flag is representing because it's bundled up and it's being blown by the wind wherever. But a flagpole without a flag, it's, that's a nice stick. It means nothing, but they need each other. The foundation, the, the bedrock, the, the strength needs the flexibility and the liberty. They go together. Some of you here are, 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 are flagpoles, and you're there, and others are like this. And, and the, the flagpoles are going, why are they like this all the time? And the people over here go, why are they so rigid? And the fact of the matter is, they go together. That's why, okay, so he, want, he wants us to worship together as a body and spirit and in truth and so that we can love the uniqueness 
of each other. <clears throat> Thanks, Beth. How do you catch a unique rabbit? Unique up on it. Okay. <clears throat> I know, they just keep coming. And you're praying that they don't. So, <clears throat> um, It's interesting. First Chronicles 15, it starts out, David built himself, he built houses for himself. And um, I remember years ago, someone taught this, this is one of the most selfish things David ever did. When he, gets to Jer- when he gets to Jerusalem, he's finally now king over all 12 tribes. He builds houses for himself in the city of David. He should have, and he should have been thinking about the house of God. And, and I just remember reading that and going, no, no. <coughs> the best thing David did was he built houses for himself. He established that the government's here because I'm here. I'm the leader. I'm going to plant myself here. When he did, everybody else planted themselves. So it's important. When you establish government others can take their place. Okay? So, don't have time to flesh that one out, but there's a whole lot of great stuff there. The last one, number five, um, is a willing people. First Chronicles 29. Again, they're all related to David. David's coming to the end of his life. He assembles everyone and says, here's my son Solomon. God's chosen. He's young, but he's inexperienced. There's a lot of great work to be done. <clears throat> the temple is not for God or for man, but for the Lord God. Now, for the house of my God, I've prepared with all my light, might. Moreover, I've set my affection on the house of God. I've given to the house of God over and above all that I've prepared, my own special treather, treasure. And so this last point is David um, gives himself as the perfect example of a willing person to give his life away uh, for what God wants to establish. And, and the key word here, I'm not looking at David giving money and giving treasure. and This is not an offering thing here. This is a willingness to do something extravagant on the, on the part of God's invitation. Okay? I think it's time for us to take our hands off the purses. And again, I'm not, I'm, this is not, Steve didn't say, would you preach and have people release more money? He didn't do that at all. And I, I wouldn't even, if he, if he said that, which he never would, I would ignore him and smile because I don't, I don't do that. But this is, a, this is a, a people that were willing. David looked at something and goes, God wants to do something. I need to extrav- extravagantly give. When he does, it says, he said, David gave and all the people suddenly gave all the leaders, the houses, the tribes, the captains, the hundreds, officers. They offered willingly. The word is willingly. When God begins to move here and do stuff here that he wants to do, how willing are we going to be in the process? One of the things that really floored me when I moved to, to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and began to hear they, they, got, they were going to get this, this beautiful building that we're in right now, um, and they, they, you know, the bank said, it's approved, this is great. You know, just one thing is that, is that what happens if you, you know, don't have the funds and you, know, you, you run out of whatever? We're going to need some extra collateral. And they didn't have any more money. So the board, everybody on the, uh, the leadership team, the pastors, they all put their house up for collateral. When's the last time you heard that? The whole lot of them, they put their houses up. If the church failed, they'd all lose their house. And I went, oh, I want that again. Remember when you were willing to do anything for what God was doing in a group, in a multitude of people? But we've, we've become... We've become callous in the process. We've become cynical because of the culture. 
And so we hold things at arm's length and prove it to me first and then I might put my toe in later. And I think, I think the invitation is God's looking for willing people. God's looking, uh, it's almost like being, being a cynic nowadays is almost like a badge of honor. That you, that it's, it's easy to sit back. And I just want to encourage you, willing, being willing to give to something. And I, I, again, I'm not talking, hear me, I'm not talking finance. Do you understand I'm not talking finance? Okay, thank you. Is anybody else? <laughs> Is it just my brother here? Is, okay, nobody else. Okay. Um, <coughs> I, I'm talking about that. I just remember, and whether, whether people were right or wrong, I don't, I don't look at that. I look at it, it's, let's do this thing. Yes, let's go. Um, well, what, what's that? That one movie where they, they, they go through, well, this is going to happen, and this is going to be a big monster, and this is going to, you know, and yeah, yeah let's do it. Oh, it's uh, The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, remember that? You know, <laughs> this is going to happen, we're going to fall down, there's going to be alligators, we're going to go over a large waterfall. Yep, yep, let's do it. <laughs> remember when we were willing for that? I want that willingness again. I want the willingness to say, okay, I, and as David said, this isn't a work of man, this is a work of God. So when God's on the move, I don't want my cynicism to take over the government of my life. Just in, in concluding, some of you are going, yes, thank God. <coughs> open doors uh, that can't be shut, closing, I would say open doors of life to others that can't be shut, and closing doors of division that can never be reopened. I think that's what we're called to do. Beholding his beauty. Shifting from, from a world that wants to show us this ugliness. Being unified in him and not because there's some political system around. I'm not even just talking about the government of, of Washington. I'm talking about our own politics that we have in each one of our little worlds. Where it's easy for politics to take over our heart and for us to become on a side. He doesn't want us to be on a side. He wants us to be on his side. Don't lose the liberty of this. Don't ever, don't ever, oh boy, if, if, if that happens here, I'm coming back and I'm slapping every one of you. <laughs> In love. <laughs> you know what I love about this place? Is that I, I keep seeing a greater increase in the liberty of the Spirit here. And it's awesome. And, and I just, I honor Steve and Ralph and, and <clears throat> just being in this room here with <clears throat> with John Lamp and Bob and, and Grace and, and Jan and just the group that was there praying beforehand. And I, I, just, I just was there and I go, this is, this is so great. This is such a great thing. So may it, may it ex extend throughout here. Having your own government in place, having your government and home, your home in place, the government of your life, and being willing to take him and establish his government wherever you go. And then being a willing, a willing people. <clears throat> because there is, there is a, a unity and a willingness um, for, uh, for what God wants to do here. And uh, a, a unity that's it's not based on agreeing. I, I, if, if, we can, if we can get that, it, it's going to be amazing. And so I, I want to pray for you. So do me a favor. And don't just put your, you can put your hand in your heart if you want, but if, if you've got one to, to extend to somebody next to you and to hold their hand, 
Hold hands together. Matter of fact, let's stand together. Lord, I just thank you for each one here. I thank you that you have established and are continuing to establish your government in this place. You're bringing people in, men and women in, uh, with different backgrounds, different giftings, different capabilities, because you, you want to establish a full release of who you are. You are one, and yet you are multi. You have so many different aspects to your nature. There are so many different kinds of human beings you've created. <clears throat> you've created each one of us in a unique way with a unique purpose. And so, Lord, I ask for the release of the giftings of God, a joyful acceptance of others' uniqueness. I ask that outside of this building that we would take your presence in our lives and with who we are and where we are, we would, we would partner with your Holy Spirit to establish your government wherever we go. Lord, we'd be a people that absolutely love <clears throat> the river of God and being moved along from one place to another by a river that we can't control because it's the Spirit of God. Let us love the liberty of the Spirit. Let it, let it be contagious in this place. Lord, I thank you for each one here. I thank you that each one is a gift from you. Let them be fully realized in your garden as you tend it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. 